Can you guys give it up for the worship team? Uh, the reason I say that is because these guys are um, in the youth ministry as well, but they get here early. They're here at like 8, 8.15, and they're practicing. They practice during the week to be ready for Sundays, and so it's just really, really cool. So thank you, Jacob, for investing all your time and energy, and isn't it, uh, isn't it also fun just to see how God's moving in Jacob's life and uh, how he is here leading us and seeing how God's worshiping and uh, are allowing us to worship as you're leading us. So thank you so much for that, and um, if you're joining us for the first First time, we are so glad you're here. Uh, but if can anybody tell me what series we're in? Holy habits, nice. So holy habits. We've been talking about what are some daily acts that help feed our faith and move us closer to God. And these are important for us because just as that song said, not every day do we wake up with tons of energy of wanting to pursue God, right? Or not, we don't have the mindset of everything's going to go right, everything's going to be easy, but the habits that we have in place in our life help us to feed our faith and help us to move closer to Christ. And so that's what we're talking about each and every day. Uh, but before we jump in, I just want to share with you an update uh, because uh, last month, maybe three or four weeks ago, we talked about a giving project with our church, how we wanted to update a lot of our signage from the road and get a couple new feather banners. And uh, once we came out of COVID, we noticed that some of our signs and stuff were beaten up. We wanted to freshen those up as we head into the fall. And so we took up a special offering for that. I just want to let you know, thank you so much for your generosity. Uh, you probably have seen some uh, new feather banners already at the street, but the rest of those signs are in progress. Okay, so so thank you so much for uh, donating and giving to that next cause because it's a big deal for us. Uh, to, as people come in, they've seen that uh, it is freshened up, it is clean, and what God is doing. And also, uh, we know there's a lot of turns here on campus, right? And so it's nice to have those clearly marked. And anyway, uh, but I just wanted to give you an update because we did share that. And we always want to be as transparent as possible. We just don't want to say, hey, uh, would you guys like to donate to this? And then never say anything else about it again. So just to give you a quick update of what that looks like. Now, uh, we're going to dive in today. Uh, again, I don't know what it is about this series. Uh, and I think it's the particular topics as we're studying Acts chapter 2 of what the early church, what they their habits uh, worked for. And so uh, each week I tell you, and I feel bad because I'm like, hey, this week we got a lot of scripture, right? But this week, guess what? We got a lot of scripture. I just wanted to share with you. So we're in Acts chapter. So you already know our base verse, Acts chapter 2. Uh, but we're also going to jump in Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. And then we're going to look at a big chunk of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Those are Acts 20, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. We're going to look at some of those. Everybody doing okay this morning? Very good. And so I'm going to pray for us, ask God just to speak to us during our time together. And uh, I just woke up this morning and uh, I know we have to like set up and tear down all of those aspects. But I just uh, God just really impressed it on my heart of, of man, just savor this in. Like these, these days that we get, uh, what, what a privilege that we get to come together as a church. And I just love you guys. I mean, I walk in here and I see your smiling face comes in and I'm encouraged uh, as your pastor, but also just to be here and connected and in community. And it is, there's something, something inside of us when we see our brothers and sisters in Christ. It just encourages us. It gives us strength for the days that are ahead. And so um, I, I hope that you feel that way because I know that I do when I see you and you encourage me each and every day. If you're joining us online, we are so glad you're here. Maybe you're traveling too. Uh, give us a comment on here. Stay connected. And so let me pray for us and then we're going to jump right in. 
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. God, I, I know that uh, we all have so many things going on inside of our lives. And for some of us, maybe school is starting and the kids are in the middle of hustle and bustle or uh, teaching and whatever that may look like. Jobs or maybe uh, transitioning and uh, or we're just trying to figure out a new season of life. Whatever that may look like, God, I pray that over the next few moments, we can receive your word. We can receive direction. We can receive wisdom, God. I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. I pray that you will speak to us this morning. I pray that you encourage our hearts, challenge our hearts so that we may draw near to you. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. So we're talking about, uh, that's our definition of holy habits. They're daily acts that uh, feed our faith and move us closer to God. And I've thought about this question uh, because I believe it's an important question for us to ponder. But also when we start, first, started, first started this church, first planted this church, this was a big question in my mind. And this question is, what are you known for? What are you known for? And I began to think about my life personally. Like when I uh, go into my house, what am I known for? If I go into work, what am I known for? In the community, what am I known for? And then, uh, of course, planning a church, you know, you, you, the amazing thing is, is you get to set the culture a little bit, right? And God gives us this vision. And so as a church, what are we known for? You know, as a in the community, in the low country, people that look from the outside in begin to ask that question. What are you known for? And I know as a church, I remember thinking, you know what? I want to be known by adding value to the community. If the Bridge Church were to ever, God forbid, ever to be removed, I want the community to say, oh, man, not the Bridge Church. They added so much value. They were always there. They were serving. It wasn't just about them, but they were outside the walls, too. And I remember thinking thinking about that question. But that, that question is, is kind of challenging personally, right? Because I, now I have to look at myself and go, well, what am I known for? What from the people from the outside looking in, what would they say about me? What would my family say about me? And I have to wrestle with that question a little bit. And as we look here in Acts chapter two, we get to peek into the window of what the early church was known for. We see that uh, this is how people, when they looked in, they saw how they lived their lives. They saw how they functioned as a church. They saw their daily rhythms. And here is what they were known for. We've been reading this, and we're kind of picking it apart each week. But Acts chapter 2 starts in verse 42. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I want to ask you as a church, join me in praying that we can be known for these same things, that we can be known for in the each 
day, the Lord added to those who were being saved. And so as we lean into what God has called us to, I believe we can still see God moving and at work in and through us. And uh, as we think about this, last week we talked about serving, that their aim wasn't the miraculous signs and wonders. Their aim was, how can I serve the people around me? And as they begin to serve the people around them, God began to do miraculous signs and wonders. As they were devoted to prayer and asking God and inviting God into their everyday life, we began to see how God moved inside of their lives. And then, this is, this is, if we're honest, this is a little crazy, right? Like, just think about this for a second. It says, all the believers met in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Can you imagine that? Think about that for a second. You come to church for the first time and you're like, oh, I really have this going on in my life and this is a big need. And they're like, oh, I just sold some of my property and I have some extra money and I'd love to give it to you, right? Can you imagine being in that setting, being in that scene as a body of believers, right? Like if you didn't know anything else about them, you could look in and go, wow, I can't believe that. You are incredibly generous. Like, how did you do that? How did you live this life? And in fact, uh, we see the Apostle Paul, uh, when he comes to know Christ, he was a Pharisee actually persecuting the church. And then he comes to meet Jesus. And then he sets the world upside down, planting churches. And as he plants those churches, he raises up elders and leaders to take over that church. And then he goes and plants another one. So he's coming back to visit the church in Ephesus. And when he goes back to meet the church in Ephesus, this is what he reminds them. Okay. He, he brings them back and says, Hey, can we get the elders together? And I want to remind you of this truth, remind you of this principle. So this is Acts chapter 20. Everybody still okay? Very good. Verse 34, it says, you know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who are with me. And I have been constant. I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. We had, when he had finished speaking, he knelt and prayed with them. They all cried as they embraced and kissed him goodbye. They must not have been doing COVID. But 38 says they were sad most of all because he had said that they would never see him again. Then they escorted him down to the ship. What a beautiful picture, right? You could tell that they were close. I mean, when he prayed with them, they were crying. They were kissing each other. But the last thing that the Apostle Paul wanted the Ephesian church to remember, right? He said, hey, before I go, in fact, I'm getting ready. And we see that later he was beheaded for the gospel. He was a, a martyr there. But he goes back and he says, I want you to remember, I have worked hard. So I'm not coming at you from a position of going, I always need to be taken care of, right? Paul's going, no, I worked hard. I made tents and I made sure that I had money. Not only did I make sure I had money, but I even, when people would go with me on mission trips, I would supply their needs too. But then he goes on and he says, hey, remember what Jesus says. He says it is more blessed to give than to receive. And that's a big mental shift, right? To think about it because uh, we have our own nature, right? We need to be taken care of. And especially even as kids, we don't have to train kids that they want something, right? I mean, immediately it's like, hey, I need this. I want this. I want this. I want this, right? And it's actually even a survival piece for us as human beings, right? Because we have to take care of ourselves. We need those. But Jesus says, hey, in, in fact, I want you to act not just in a natural way, 
but maybe even supernatural. I want you to live in a certain way that the natural world looks in and goes, wait a second, this people group is different. Like something has happened to them. Why do they think this way? And he flips it, right? How amazing is the gospel? He goes, hey, what the mindset, the way I want you to flip it is, it is better to give. It's more blessed, right? To bestow, right? It is better to give than to receive. What a, what a mind shift. And so if you're taking notes here, the first holy habit I love for us to grab onto is the holy habit of living with our hands open. Living with our hands open, right? Because it's very easy, even for myself, right? Like you, like as the Apostle Paul says, I'm working hard for what I have. I'm toiling day and I'm toiling night, right? And then when I get what is mine, I want to hold on to it, right? But when I'm holding on to something and holding it close, my position is this, right? But if we think about it, holding with my hands open now, but this is the beautiful thing. Not only am I free to give, but I'm also free to receive. Because God gives us this principle. He says, I will supply your need. In fact, he says this in James chapter 1. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Saying all the good that we have been given by God, but our hands are open because sometimes when we hold on with our hands closed, it's even hard to receive this. But uh, here's an incredible thing. I found this. I found this article and uh, it was a study uh, in Zurich. OK, so they studied people and they act, they took two people groups. OK, they took 50 people and then they took 50 people and they said, we're going to give each of you a hundred dollars. OK, and I want one people group. You have to give it away. You have to just give it away. You got to be generous. You got to give it to somebody. You can't spend it on yourself. And then the other group, they said, hey, you got to spend it on yourself. This is for you. $100 is for you. So then after that, they did MRI scans and began to look. Here's a look. I love when science catches up to God, right? Like they did MRI scans, right? And what they realized is, is the area of our brain in which these scientists would describe happiness and joy was significantly higher in the people who had the $100 and had to give it away, right? Their brain, it changed the chemistry of their brain to live in generosity, to live with their hands open. And in fact, they even said this. Uh, one of the doctors said, uh, it said, it's worth keeping in mind that even little things have a beneficial effect, like bringing coffee to one's office mates in the morning. I guess they're Australia coffee mates, but uh, they said even those little things, right? It, and the study even suggested, they realized that it, even the thought that they had to give this away started to change the chemistry of their mind. Even the thought process, they didn't even, they didn't even do the act yet, right? But then it, it raised that joy chemistry inside of their brain. I love, like I said, I love when science catches up with God. God's like, I know, that's how I wired you. That's how I created you. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And there's even studies of people in their later years in life. And when they, uh, before they pass away, they're able to pass down certain things to family members or friends. And how it even prolongs life because of their generosity. Because of how it changes our mindset. And we see that this happens inside of us. And it reminds me here of Proverbs chapter 11. And this is what it says here. It says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy. 
and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. This is God speaking to us through Proverbs, right? And this is counterintuitive, right? Like if we think about it, it doesn't take a genius to go, wait a second, give freely and become more wealthy. Wait, how does that work? I'm giving my stuff away, but yet I become more wealthy and stingy. I lose everything. But then he says, what you have to realize is that when we become generous, something happens in us and through us because I'm living with my hands open. God is saying, if I know I can get it through you, let me see if I can get it to you, right? Like if I know that I can trust you with a little, I can begin to trust you with a lot, that you understand what God is doing in me and through me. And if you're taking notes, generous people refresh others and themselves, right? We come into it of thinking this is for someone else. But what we realize when we live this way, that God begins to do something in us. He begins to refresh us, right? When we see how God is working through us, this begins to change even the chemistry of our brains. It begins to change our whole mindset and outlook in life, right? And it, But we could stand here and say, well, Daniel, that's more, that's easier said than done, right? Because I think there's a few pieces here. Because one is our minds immediately go to financial. What's, that's one thing, right? Like There is the financial piece of living generous. But also we see it said even the smallest things, right? Like buying a coffee for somebody at work. Or paying for the next person back in line. Or showing up to work and saying, hey, I, I, I just want to help you in this. And uh, John Maxwell, I'm going to share a quote from him earlier. But he talks about there's two different kinds of people. Pluses. And minuses, right? There's people that show up that want to add value. And then there's people that are like, hey, how, hey, I want to take away. I want to take away. And when you and I, uh, when we have those relationships, who do we want around us, right? We, we want the pluses, right? We want people that add value. Like, what do we want to be known for? Maybe we uh, have a minus in our life and you see them coming from a mile away and you're like, oh boy, here we go, right? Like, maybe, maybe they won't see me. I don't know. Maybe they won't see me, right? Just me? Okay, no, I'm just kidding. But you, you wrestle through that, right? And wrestle through what that may look like in our lives. But we see that God is saying it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And then the Apostle Paul, he continues this. He teaches this to the Ephesian church. But then he goes on and he teaches a little more in depth here in 2 Corinthians to the Corinthian church here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, as I was studying this, this is great because uh, I, I went to it because of one verse, right? Cross-reference. I began to look at this verse and then I read uh, all the verses that I'm about to read. I'm like, this is just too good. Like this is better than I could even say it, right? So I had to include all of this because uh, it is so good and so eye-opening. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6, it says this, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share for others. I love that. God will give you all that you need. I had a pastor friend who used to tell me, he'd say, God said he'd supply your need, not your greed. And I was like, oh, you're right. Okay, okay. Uh, Because I have some things that I want, but he's saying I'll supply your needs. And he continues here in verse 9. It says, as the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered 
forever. What they're known for, right? For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer, then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources, then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. Your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given you. Thank God for this gift too. Wonderful, too wonderful words. Wow, right? What a beautiful piece of scripture. He's, he starts off here and he says the farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but a farmer who plants many seeds, right? And I mentioned John Maxwell earlier. He also says at the end of his day, uh, if you don't know who he is, he used to be a pastor and now he does leadership training for churches all around the world. Uh, uh, but he says at the end of his day, uh, he judges his day by not, not uh, how much harvest he has received, but how many seeds he has planted. In the day, and I thought, wow, what a beautiful picture, right? Like every day, not by the harvest that I receive, because that's up to God, right? But the seeds that I'm planting, I'm, I'm waking up going, God, I want you to get it through me. I want to plant as many seeds as I can. I want to add value anywhere that I can, right? Just a life and a mindset, a holy habit of looking for the needs that are around me. And it says that two things come to play, right? He says, you meet the needs of the people in Jerusalem, right? And it says, you become an answer to the problem. In verse 12, he says that you become that answer. And I love this beautiful picture. And uh, I have a story when we first uh, were planting the church and uh, we didn't have an office. We still don't have an office. So I was working in Chick-fil-A, uh, you know, just the, the holy place of Chick-fil-A, getting some chicken biscuits, working on some work. And I remember getting a call and a lady said, hey, um, she called and she said, hey, uh, she actually sent me and I received a check from her. And it was a significant amount. And, uh, you know, those early days, you're, I'm celebrating like every dollar. I'm like, this is amazing. Right. I can't believe this. God, you said come and you would supply. And then, anyway, so I remember sending this place. She sent me the check and then she called me. She said, hey, can you call me real quick? And so I called her and I started talking to her and she said, hey, um, I just sent you this check, but I want you to pray for me, right? She said, because I really, really heard from God, and I really believe he told me to send this check to you. But it's about my mortgage payment, and I'm not sure what next month looks like. She said, but I really feel that this is what God has told me to do. And I remember praying with that. And for me, at first, I'm like, oh, you should just keep it. You know, it's like, but make sure you can do that, right? But God really impressed it on her heart, right? Like, who am I to tell her? And then I remember wrestling through that. And she said she was even, she was just, had so much inner toil, right? As I would, obviously, in this situation. And so then a couple of days go by. And I get a text from her in all caps. You're not going to believe it. Call me. I call her and she says, you're not going to believe it. Somebody came up to my husband today at work and said, we want to pay for two months mortgage that we just want to bless you. We want to pay your mortgage for two months. And she's like, I can't believe it. This is incredible. And I'm me too. I'm like, God, you are amazing. Like, I wanted her to be like, no, just keep it right. Like take care of yourself. But God put it on her heart to do it. And then God provided 
on the back end. How incredible is it to see that? And I begin to think because we, we think about that financially, right? Uh, but I also can see it when you start to serve other people, when you start to think about generosity in a different way. And uh, I remember uh, there's this uh, uh, organization or ministry out in Savannah, if you don't know, but every Sunday they feed the homeless in Savannah, right? At, I think it's Forsyth Park and they go out and they do all of this. And so I took my family for the first time and we were out there serving them on a Sunday. And uh, honestly, it's a, it's a pretty rough crowd, you know, people who live on the streets. And so they're saying words and all of these things dressed a certain way. And, and so uh, my kids, I have four kids and the oldest is 10 and, and my older two boys, they're old enough to be aware of their surroundings. Right. And so they're, they're sticking close to me. Usually they're, they're tough, you know, and, and he, I remember he kind of wrestled me. He's like, he leaned over and said, Hey dad, uh, not real sure about this. You know, like, I, like he's expressing, like, I'm not sure. And, and to be honest with you, I was like, yeah, me too. Just stay close, you know. But well, as we see this, and, it, and it's a safe place. It's an awesome place. But I, I just didn't want the, the pressure to be on him. And I remember that. And then they set the tables out. Then they set the tents up. And then the food started showing up. And everybody got in line. And he jumped in line. And he got his little gloves on. And he started, like, putting sandwiches in plates. And then they started coming through the line. And he saw the smile on their faces of them receiving the food. And afterwards, he came running up to me and goes, Dad, this was awesome. Like, Dad, I can't believe that we, I, I get to be a part of this, right? And, and it's, it's funny to see his demeanor change, right? Because at the beginning, he was like, ah, I don't know. These, these people are not like me. They don't look like me. Like, this is a little uncomfortable. But sometimes God puts us in uncomfortable situations, right? He stretches our faith a little bit. And he's saying, I want you to understand it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Something happens in us. Not only does something happen in us, but God wants to get things through us. He is saying, my church is an answer to a dark world. And I want you to go out into the world with this mindset of God can literally push back darkness with the local church. And it's when you and I say, you know what, God, I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to live this generous life, right? Imagine the, the low country coming. You go, you know what? The bridge church, they're a generous church. They are, they are always serving. They're always trying to help. They're always trying to add value. And I thought, what a beautiful picture that we get to be a part of that, that we get to, to aim for this that God has called us to. And then the second piece here, it says, people will give glory and thanks to God. That we have an opportunity when we live generous, that people will look and go, wow, why did you do this? How, why would you do this for me? And they look back and go, you know what? It's because God gave it to us. And, we, and he laid on our heart to serve you. He laid on our heart to give you this. And I just wanted you to know that. Why are you so generous? We're able to go back and say, because God has blessed me. And I just wanted to get through me to you to, so that you will know that God is good, that you would know that God is our provider, that you would know that he is real and he is working in and through his church. And we have an opportunity to lean into this and what God has called us to. And so as I get ready to close here, um, I begin to ask a question because when we look at living a generous life, we may ask the question, where do I start? What does this look like, right? Like, because if we look at our finances, you're like, hey, Daniel, um, the red and the black, that, there's not a lot of margin there, right? Like, so how and where do I start? You begin to look at that financially, but maybe even just a, a generous lifestyle of serving. And how do I now change my mindset to go, it's better to give 
than it is to receive. So when I go to work, it's better to give than it is to receive, right? You have a project that you're working on at work and you go to the person next to you and go, hey, how can I help you with that project, right? How can I help you with that project? And it could be whatever it may look like. It could be some of those examples that we shared earlier. But the first step I would encourage you to do is begin to pray and say, God, where do you want me to be generous in my life? Where do you want me to be generous? God, show me a need that you want me to feel. And I remember praying these prayers over and over again. And many times, God is real. He is working inside of our lives. That's why the first week we talked about the daily habit of being in God's word and being close with God and being Holy Spirit led, right? Because he will lead us to do these things. So begin to pray and say, God, open my eyes for the needs that are around me. Help me to see and God will nudge you. And you and I have an opportunity to yield to the Holy Spirit and say, God, I'm going to trust you in this, right? So begin to pray, right? And then uh, you begin to, I would encourage you to say, what need can I help with? And so as I'm praying through that, I'm looking for the needs. And as the needs come up, maybe you look at a need and go, well, I'm not really sure I'm supposed to be the answer to that one. So maybe I can encourage someone else. But then you'll see a need. I promise you begin to pray this. You begin to see a need and go, well, actually, I probably I can. I can be a piece of this need. I can be a piece of that need. I can help with that. And then I want to encourage you to two things. Start small and start now. Start small and start now. Because the devil will give you every excuse in the book to not do it, right? He will make every, he will block away. And I would say start small, start now. Last week we talked about having a consistent place to serve. And I, I would say start small. Maybe there's a small need. Maybe for me it is. I need to, I'm going to buy the coffee. For the person that is around me. Whatever it may be. You could maybe for you for the first time. This is the first time I've ever started giving to a local church. And you're saying you know you've heard all kind of numbers tossed around. I would say start. They're having fun in Bridge Kids. Um, I would say start small. And start now. You know, take the moment and saying, God, I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to trust you in this will. And because you may say, Daniel, all I have is 50 cents. That's all I have. I would say start small. And start now, right? Because God is looking at our heart. He's looking at the condition of our heart. And when we are faithful with a little, we'll be faithful with a lot. Because sometimes we come to God and go, God, if I had all this amazing surplus, right? Then, but what we realize is God is saying, no, I created you. I know you. It, it starts in the small. And so let me trust God now with it. And I believe that God will begin to work in you and through you. And I've seen him work through my life through this way. I've seen him work through other people's lives because let me give you a hint. It's not about the money. It's not about the coffee. It's not about the extra time that you're going to spend. It's about your heart and you realizing, God, this really isn't all on me. You're just trying to get this through me. You're trying to get me to live with my hands open so that you can show a world that there is a God and that he is real and that he is alive and active in our world today. And you're trying to take care of your people in your church, right? Like Acts chapter two, they were taking care of each other's needs. You're trying to take care of your people. You're trying to be, allow the church to be the answer with those around us, because then you and I can point and go, you know what? For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. God so loved. His expression of love was giving. His gen I'm giving you my son, right, to die on the cross 
so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You and I, we get to be a part of that story. And we get to point people back to the gospel of going, hey, God can do the same for you. He can save your soul. He can help you. He can bring forgiveness to your life. And if you're generous with it, you'll see God begin to not only refresh you, but refresh the people who are around you. So I would encourage you through those. Begin to pray. What need can I help with? Start small and start now. And as we, we see how God begins to work. And I want to pray for you as a church. And, and we're in this thing together. So as you start this journey. I'd love to pray with you. Say hey Daniel. This is kind of what's on my heart. Pray with me. Pray for me in this. And I, I want to hear how God begins to work in your life. In and through you as well. And so let's pray together. And ask God just to move during, our, during our, this last response song. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We praise you. I pray that you will speak to our hearts, God. I pray that you begin to open up our minds and, and help us to have that shift of saying, God is blessed, more blessed to give than it is to receive. And God, I pray that you will bind the enemy inside of our lives who try to put up all of these roadblocks and, and uh, excuses and things in our life. They're going to try to hold us back because the enemy knows, God, that if he can uh, help us to become more of like a lake where we're just collecting for us and not get it through us, God, that we will begin to see God, we'll begin to see you uh, lessened in our world. And I just pray, God, that we would be the church that you've called us to. I pray that you would help us to experience your grace, help us to experience your love. God, I pray that you would place it on our heart, begin to uh, place certain things in our minds and in our hearts, God, that, um, that where we can begin to meet that need, where we can begin to help others. I pray that you uh, increase our faith, God. I pray that you help us to step out in faith of what that may look like and help us to be the church, God that helps bring light into a dark world, that we get to share the gospel with each and every person that is around us. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's stand and sing together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.